The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to If you are of a certain age, as well as a sports fan, then you well remember that there was a time back in maybe the 70s and 80s where every time you turned on the TV to watch the NFL or the NBA or even the Olympics, there was always this guy standing right where the cameras were sure to capture him. And he had on a rainbow colored wig and he always was like right behind the goal posts or right on the sidelines or, or somewhere right, right where he knew the network cameras were going to capture him, you know, as the action is unfolding. And once he knew he was on the camera, he would hold up a little sign that would say simply, John 3.16. And um, he was like everywhere. must have cost him a fortune in tickets to do that. Uh, and everybody kind of presumed he was a little bit nuts, maybe, or something, you know, the wig, the whole shebang. And, and, and um, you know, and those who didn't know anything about the, the Bible would wonder what kind of secret code this was, this John 3.16, or who this John was. And those who did know the scriptures knew, of course, that it was a scripture reference. The Catholics wouldn't exactly remember the actual words, but the Protestants would. And um, if you looked it up, then you were sure to find the verse from today's gospel, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, you know, crazy as that guy might have been, who knows? 
the point he was making was that that verse really captures the heart of John's gospel. He kind of says it all, not just the gospel of John, but also the whole story of Jesus, the whole story of, of salvation is kind of captured in just those, those very few words. And it was a good reminder to the rest of us to pay attention to that. God so loved the world. Now just stop right there. Think about that for a second. You know, God loves this world of ours. And he loves it so much that he created it in the first place. And, you know, not just our little planet Earth, but now that we have all these wonderful telescopes that can see out to the end of the universe, we realize how big this universe really is and how magnificent it is. You know, those pictures we now have of, of galaxies spinning in the midst of space, hundreds of millions of them, and, and those nebulae with those kind of cloudy things that look like horse heads, they're so beautiful and magnificent. What an imagination it took. What love it took to in an instant out of nothing create all of this. And our own little planet, you know, set in our own little galaxy with our own little solar system. It too, when we look at it, is, is so beautiful. And here we are, human beings and our lovely little pets and our animals and the food that grows from the, the surface of the earth. It's all just beautiful and wonderful. It's an act of love on God's part. You know, God loves this world from one end of the universe to the other and every little thing in it. He covers this earth, this world, this universe with his love and fills it with his love. That's the first thing that we kind of have to remember. God loves this world. And he loves everything in it, including us. That's just really magnificent. That's so great. That's so cool. God so loves our world. And then, of course, it doesn't stop there. The little verse goes on. God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. You know, that's... that's the Christian part of the message, the Christian part of the story. And it's a pretty audacious thing to say that the God of the universe, whatever this ineffable power is, this greatness, this, this great love with a capital L is that created this universe, that he should so love our world and us in it that he would not want to leave us alone down here on that, that our God is a God who's not like some father or mother who says, okay, after propagating all you children, you know, be on your way now. I won't be home for dinner or for lunch or there to play ball with you because I'm going to be busy up in heaven watching you from above. That's not the kind of God that we're talking about here. Instead, it's the God that we find at work in the very first verse of John's gospel. You know, the word was made flesh and pitched his tent, dwelt among us. That's also really magnificent. That our God would give to us, would share with us, would pour out for us his spirit, his being, his heart, his love, his very word. And allow that to be one of us, to walk with us, to accompany us in our joys and in our sorrows, in the difficult things in life as well as the great things of life. That our God is a God who so loves us that he would give himself hands and 
fingernails and nose and ears and eyes and a heart like ours. That he would experience everything that we experience in life, even temptation. That this God of ours would be so in love with us that he would want to share with us so that we would know we're not alone. You know, the, the hardships and the difficulties, what it's like to be picked on, oppressed, kicked around, you know, spit upon, even unjustly treated to the point of being accused of a capital crime and hung on a cross. That's how great God's love is for us. That God would give to us his own self, his own word, his own son, his very life, his very love, made flesh here with us in ways that allow us to touch God, to be touched by God, to hear his word with our own ears in words we understand, to eat with God, to have God share our poor meals with us, that's how much God loves us. God loves us so that he gives us his only son. That's really magnificent and very cool too. Well, that's the good side of the story. That's the happy side, you know, the, 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 the joyful, good newsy side of the story of salvation. If we read a little further on in Today's gospel passage, you know, John goes on to write the rather sad side of the story. And the light came into the world, and we preferred darkness. Now that's pretty incredible, that the God who so loved the world, that created this world in the first place, that did all this magnificent creating just for us, who gives himself to us, takes flesh and pitches his tent among us, who gives us so much of himself that he would die with us and show us what it is to rise. He would show us how powerful forgiveness is, how great mercy is, how important compassion is in our lives if we're going to be who God created us to be, that this light, this great light of life should not attract us, should not draw us in. That we prefer darkness. That instead of being like every plant on the face of the earth that reaches out towards the light, you know, with its branches and its leaves and its flowers, that we should prefer to live in the cold, dark earth beneath, in darkness, in coldness, in death. That's, that's extraordinary, but extraordinary in a terrible way. That we human beings, when so much has been given to us, so much love, so much light, so much life, and we prefer darkness and death and non-love in our own lives. Wow, what's wrong with us? Why wouldn't we be attracted and drawn and enfolded into the light that comes from this loving God of ours. What's wrong with us? And we, we don't even have to, to read the newspapers or turn on the TV hardly to know exactly how painful 
this darkness, this choice for darkness is in our world. Why is it that we human beings continue to drop bombs on towns in Syria that are undefended, civilians killing hundreds of thousands of everybody? That's a choice for darkness that just doesn't make any sense. Why is it that we continue to hurt one another in so many ways, to live without peace, to fight, to kill in so many, so many miserable ways? You know, the darkness is real, and it's painful, and it hurts people over and over and over again, and it's, it's nothing new. It's been around forever. We prefer it. We prefer it. We prefer evil. We prefer hatred. We prefer vengeance. We prefer war to the light which comes to us from God. The light which is God. The light which is the Son of God made flesh. Go figure. I don't know. Well, if Lent is anything, it should be a time not just of sort of pious prayers and occasional little sacrifices of fasting and and giving a little bit extra money to charity. Lent, if anything, should be a time for us to examine our own lives for our darknesses because it's not just the people over there in Syria or the people who are pulling out guns and shooting students in schools who live in that darkness. We all have a share of it. We all have a share in that darkness. And Lent is the perfect time to be called to take a good look at ourselves. What are the darknesses that I prefer in my life? Where am I unforgiving? Where am I vengeful? Where am I unloving in my life? Where do I hurt other people? That's what Lent has called us to do. And even more, it's called us to turn back to the light. To burn, turn back to the love. To turn back to the God who continuously covers us with his love and his life and his grace. That's what Lent is for. So that by the time we get to Holy Week and even more importantly to Easter, to the great feast of the Lord's resurrection, we have said yes to the light. We have said yes to life. We have said yes to the God who created us and who loves us and sends his own son to be among us and show us the way forward. So that's really what this Lenten season is for. It's a way of kind of holding up a sign in front of us and saying, John 3:16. Remember, come back, look again. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son as our light, as our love, as our very life. <laughs>